0: Welcome back, guys, to Merlisten, a bi-weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin, the fandom, the show, and anything else we can think to talk about. My name is Momotastic.
1: And I'm Miss Snowfox.
0: And today we are going to talk about the first Fem Slash ship in this show, which is Morgana and Gwen, also known as Morgwen. And for that, we have two totally brand new guests on the podcast with us, who are Lulu. Hi. And our other guest is Sindhu. Hi. Lulu and Sindhu actually join us from like opposite ends of the globe today, which is just really great. I love how, how this fandom brings us all together.
1: Stop being sappy.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's BBC's and If I can't be kitschy with this show, where else could I be?
1: I can give you a handful of shows where you can be kitschy. <laughs> but I can
0: also be kitschy with this show. Yeah, I know, I know. Alright, we're going to quickly go into some news and then we're going to come back to our regularly scheduled program. We revamped our schedule for the podcast. If you're interested in becoming a guest on any upcoming episode, it pays to take a look at our schedule, where you can see what episodes we have planned until the end of the year. Even if the status doesn't explicitly ask for guests, you're still welcome to join us for any episode if it's a topic you really want to get involved with. Just shoot us a message either on Tumblr, through our email, or basically anywhere else where you know you can reach us. mary Louise has published a teaser of an upcoming Merlin or Merthyr art book that they're working on. It will be available on Redbubble once they're done, and we will definitely tell you about it. The Bottom Author Fest will run again in May! Hooray! Exact dates will be announced at a later date, but you can already start working on new works for it if you want. Coinalot would like you to know that ticket sales will close on the 19th of August. There are still some tickets left. They also just finished posting about the panels and their schedule, which means you can get a pretty clear idea of what's in store for you should you want to attend the convention. As a reminder, Coinalot is an OTP fan convention about the Merlin Arthur slash ship, but as long as you're willing to put up with the slash shippers, any Merlin fan is welcome at the convention. And finally, Merlin Memory Month has announced a mini-fest in September. There will be fewer prompts and things, but it's still going to run much like the Memory Month fest that they held in March. And that has been it for news this week. Awesome! Now that we know all of that, let's continue (laughs) with some talk.
1: Stop laughing! I'm laughing because I never listen to the news. I always fast forward. (laughs) They're so, only
0: like a minute at
1: two at most. I'm joking. It's, no, it you're is a just, terrible fan. I know. <laughs> you think I don't know this? Where is the lie? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: as long as you're self-aware, that's something, I guess. All right. Some talkbacks for today. We had a comment from all of us with wings. On our twelfth episode, which was about Arthur and Gwen as a as a pairing, and all of us, uh, with wings, commented on the thing we talked about in the episode, uh, like Gwen not getting pregnant in three years of being married to Arthur, and all of us, all of us with wings, said this. I really think they should have at least had Gwen say she thought she was pregnant in the last episode. Their last scene together in bed in the tent would have been the perfect opportunity. And I agree, it would have been a great opportunity, but another road not taken, obviously, by the writers, who just don't care, apparently.
2: I think that would have taken away from at the end when um he's by the lake and the truck goes by. I think that would have taken away because then Merlin would have stayed and then they probably would have continued on and on and on. And modern one Not would have been necessarily, way different.
0: though. I mean, Camelot had to end eventually, didn't it? And also just like, I mean, it's fine that she didn't have that, that she didn't get pregnant. I just, what we were talking about in that episode especially is that it just never gets explained that she doesn't get pregnant. You know, because it's kind of unrealistic for her to be married to Arthur for three years. And not get pregnant uh, unless they actually didn't have sex at all in all those three years.
2: Or he has the same curse uh, that his father had, where he's, or not his father, but his mother had.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But the thing is, we aren't told any of that. We just we assume, you know, we as the as the audience, we have to assume, we have to infer. What we think is happening why she's not getting pregnant. There is no actual in canon explanation, like not even
2: Like for me to assume that George is just this perfect servant who just so happens to also dress exactly like Murphy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, it it would have been so easy to have like half a sentence sometime during the whole first season of with Nimue where like and because of how this happened... Or even in the second season, when Arthur meets the ghost of his mother, which, of course, we don't know if it actually was the ghost of his mother, or, like, I mean, it looked like his mother, but if you are not sure if it really was his mother, because more ghosts, who knows? But, like, there could have been a comment or anything explaining that Arthur can't have children because of how he was conceived, or, like even not just for us, just for us, the audience, to explain why Gwen isn't getting pregnant in three years of being married to the king, who has kind of, like, who's pressured to have an heir, you know?
2: Yeah, sorry to, like, keep on with this one, but to be fair, at least in season one and two, they probably were like, okay, we don't even know if we're going to be renewed for the next season, and we don't even know if we're going to have them be together, so at least for that, that's always the thing, too. Or so maybe the time they, they actually got to it they
3: just forgot. Or maybe like they just wanted to keep uh, in accordance with the legends where either Arthur, Arthur either has Mordred as his son or uh, his his nephew or someone ascends the throne after him. Maybe but uh, but Mordred was introduced in the first season as a
0: eight-year-old kid. So I don't think they the writers were intending to go with Mordred as Arthur's heir but but i don't
3: think there's anywhere in the legends where arthur has a child with gwen no i know but still
0: you they changed other things they changed other things from the legends starting by making gwen a servant rather than yeah, a noblewoman yeah, you know yeah. they changed other things they made merlin a young boy of 16 <laughs> to 18 or whatever he's supposed to be in the first season rather than this old dude with a beard you know so they're definitely there definitely were changes. Okay, I know even the legends are different on Merlin, etc. But you know, there there were definitely changes made. So you know, they could have they could have and isn't there like maybe I'm just uh maybe I'm just imagining this, but in like and it's not actually legends, it's uh Mist of Avalon by Marion Simmer Bradley, but like <laughs> Didn't go Get pregnant after she slept with Lancelot?
1: They never actually conceived. They did have a threesome so that they could try to conceive, but they never did. So I think they figured out because I I think he I think Arthur, who was actually a very forward-thinking guy, in in, in the fact that he was like you know by the way one of it it's you know i'm the king i've clearly messed around with other women and i've never really got any of them pregnant so maybe it's not you that is like the problem maybe i can't have kids so let's bring lancelot in and it's not just because i'm secretly in love with him and really want to see him naked (laughs) (laughs) um and so that (laughs) happened so i think it was partly her partly him like it was basically like they both were just like not gonna have a baby but um yeah hang on what do you mean that wasn't his real motivation <laughs> can
2: so cool. i just can i just say speaking of like all this drama for some reason now i suddenly have the idea of like a. And i don't even watch this show i don't even care about them but now i'm just getting the idea of a keeping up with the kardashians au <laughs> I, never, I don't care about that show. I've never yeah. even seen it. I don't know what you girls did. I'm like Keeping up with the binge Dragons. Out. Yeah. Now I'm, like, imagining it, like, full out. Like, every now and then, like, Gwaine comes in, like, not even related <laughs> to the family. They just have their friends over and, like, he's, like, the special treat every, every, like,
1: every episode. They don't know why he's there. Oh, my God. By the way, Lulu, when you said, like, as a precursor to this, like oh by the way, I don't watch the show and I don't care. I thought you were referring to Merlin for a second. I was like, "Why are you on this podcast?"
3: <laughs> I honestly thought
0: to so. say I was like, "Wait, Lulu, who are you? Did I call the wrong person?" <laughs> I thought you were talking about Knapps. No,
3: I think I think you should have led with keeping up with the Kardashians first. <laughs> <laughs> That would been, uh, what's
2: more, Gwen? Again, I didn't. Un- I if get- there's anything I'm good at, it's not introductions. <laughs> it's not first impressions either.
1: No, it was hilarious. I was just like, I, I was like, I'm not gonna, like, I'm just gonna keep silent. But where is she going with this? <laughs> I think we
0: all had the same thought there.
1: <laughs> oh my god!
0: Just to just to add on to. Just to add on to the Arwen thing and to bring it to a conclusion, Archaeologist D also left us a comment on the Arwen episode just to let us know and let everybody else know that Camelot Travel on Life Journal also has Arwen pairing stories every week. And although there are just one to two people still posting um, the the prompts or the, the fills or at all, I'm not entirely sure, but there are still people posting Arwen prompts on Camelot Drabble on LifeJournal, and apparently also people who fill them, so if you're an Arwen shipper and you find yourself lacking in new content, then check out Life Journal for that. Okay, let's get into this one, and of course, since we have new guests, we want to give them and our listeners the chance to introduce themselves and to get to know each other a bit more so Lulu who are you in fandom and how did you get here oh jeez. um
2: so what was it? it was like it was right after the show had ended I was on Netflix and I saw I saw it and I, and I was like oh I love Arthurian Legend and I'd like seen it I'd seen all over Tumblr about the show, and I was like, oh, I know how it ends. I'll be fine. I was, fu- I was not. I was not. I was not. I was like, I'll be fine. I can brave this. I never cry. It was bad. It was so bad.
1: What you mean? It was bad when... The- Finally, after just a day of knowing who Merlin really was, Arthur died tragically in his arms. Yeah. For, him for the first time. You mean that was sad? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> My
2: contribution to the fandom is sometimes sometimes I write, sometimes, like, I, I wrote a fic. I, like, so, like, this one year, it was, like, two years ago, really, and the November of, like, three years ago, I was not in a good place, and I was like, okay, I need to, like, I needed to focus on myself more. I also need to do more writing, because I'm in the university for writing. And so I decided I'm going to write a fic. And so I wrote um, a Murther AU, where it's modern day. And there's no actual plot. It's just, I would write a little bit every day of just, like, what they're doing in their relationship. And which is how I made uh, two friends through it. Um, but... Yeah, and I just, I wrote, and I, like, really liked it. it helped me get a lot of stuff out, because a lot of shit happened that year. And then it was, yeah, and then last year I was gonna at, I was, I started at it again, with like, the next year was, like, four years forward with kids. But then I was, like, and then I stopped. Now I'm trying to start it back up again. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I made a Merlin Discord, and super, super, super fucking organized, because I'm overly organized. Momo's in it, that's how I met Momo. It has, like, info, so you can put, like, it has, like, a little channel guide. People can add roles and stuff and get secret channels, and, like, we have stuff for, like, fandom stuff, like, a whole channel just for people to complain about general fandom. We have stuff for fic. We have one whole channel that's just a giant fic wreck people contribute to. There's, um... Also there's, <laughs> there's also, there's a whole category for, like, cast stuff. So, like, just, you know, pictures of the cast of, like, later on and now. Also, other productions are in. There's also a whole thing for shipping. There's uh... a... Then there's also... Though, you know, sometimes once a week, sometimes once a day, sometimes once an hour, I will remind everyone that Arthur's dead. So...
1: <laughs> <laughs> we even
2: have... In our general chats channel, we have a general chat just called Battle at Camlan and then the next chat, the fandom-based chat, is called Arthur is Dead.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> so
2: happiness
1: I, is overrated.
2: <laughs> so I'm gonna. So actually, speaking of that, now I'm just gonna ping everyone. Momo, you're gonna get a ping. I'm just gonna say Arthur is dead. I love you all.
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you. I I've actually been thinking about doing it myself but I feel like no, I don't have the right, that's
1: your job.
2: No, no, do. you get to, you can do it whenever you want, like ever like some people do it. You can do I feel like you I'm want. missing
1: out by not being a part of this. Yeah, you definitely you definitely are. You're free to join.
0: Also the 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 channel where we complain about fandom that was my idea.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling you might have had something to do with that.
2: It's nice though. Like we have like we have one channel for like LGBT support stuff and one for like other general support stuff. We also have because I took an honors a college honors course on Arthurian legend, we have an entire channel for Arthurian legend and in the pins I have like tons of like PDFs for Yeah, resources and PDFs and shit.
0: All right. Thank you, Lulu. What about you, Sindhu? Talk about yourself a little bit.
3: Okay. I was always in, I've always been into Arthurian legends. And when I saw Merlin and all the, you know, crappy CGI, I didn't want to watch Merlin because I didn't want it to spoil it for me. But then the finale happened and I have friends who watch Merlin and they were all crying And I was like, okay, if they are crying, crying, then it has got to be good. So I started watching it. (laughs) If they're crying, it's got to be great. (laughs) And that uh, that was immediately after the show ended. So I binged the whole thing. And as soon as I binged it, there was Tempest. And I was in London at the time. So I went and watched Colin at the Tempest twice. So I, I draw mainly. I mean, I write a few fics, but my, in fandom, I mostly just draw. So let's
0: talk about uh, the reason why we're all together here, which is Morgana and Gwen as a couple. And I got really confused when I first uh, got into like back into the fandom and started looking at ship names, because there's two versions. As with a lot of the Gwen ships, you have more Wen and also more Gwen, and I still don't know which one's actually more popular.
3: I think more Gwen is more popular. Mm. Because Morwen seems like a character name than More Gwen, more Gwen
0: is for me like more a statement. Morgwen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is word. probably also how Morgana feels about it. So it works.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
3: Because Mor- Mor- Morwen could also be Mordred Gwen.
1: Yeah, I think that would make more sense for them, because then it's less confusing, isn't it? Morgwen actually, like, sounds quite good for them as a ship. Like, it's, there isn't really another one you could use, unless you were going to use, like, gu- no, you can't, like, gu- Gwen. <laughs> Gwenana? Gwenana? Gwenana,
2: yeah, you can't. Wayne sounds like someone tried to be fancy and then just fucked up the languages.
0: Permain just sounds dirty, which probably <laughs> works for the, for the ship, let's be honest. Let's get back to more Gwen. So what I want to know is when you guys started shipping it.
2: Probably, probably immediately, because actually my story of when I first started watching Merlin, I still thought I was straight. I'm still trying to convince my... Well, I didn't think I was straight, because I knew when I was 11, I knew, oh, I'm not straight. But then I, you know, repressed it and tried to convince myself. Merlin actually helped me to come out. <laughs> Merlin actually helped me to accept I'm bi and queer and blah. But yeah, pretty much, like, immediately I was like, like, Merlin and Arthur, I was like, bam, right there. Uh, Gwen and, um, Gwen, oh my god, Gwen and Morgana, I was like, bam, done. But also it's because I probably fell in love with both of them, like, immediately upon seeing them. So I was like, wow. I was like I'm just
3: going to project on them so yeah that's me I think that was sort of the same for me I had never considered the possibility of not being straight until I watched Morgana and I was like shit I think I'm fine
1: <laughs> and I'm yeah, sure Katie I'm... really appreciates the fact that she's helped so many people <laughs> right? Like, how
2: many people do you think actually go up to her and thank her and she's just like you're welcome <laughs>
1: Katie,
0: thank you. Your boobs made me realize I'm gay.
2: I can't even watch that. I can't even watch Merlin anymore. I can, but I mean, like, every time I watch it with anyone, every time Katie shows up on screen, I'll be like, wow, look at my wife. And by, like, the <laughs> third time, people are like, are you gonna say that every time? And I'm like, wow, look at my wife. <laughs> I'm like, I can't watch this with my boyfriend, because he's just gonna be like, what the
0: fuck? <laughs> Oh I'm sure he'll understand.
3: <laughs> I think if I ever meet Katie I'll probably be a blubbering guy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of
0: Katie, um I I still have not watched Merlin with the commentaries. But from <laughs> what I hear, Katie totally ships Morgwyn. Oh it god,
2: she
3: definitely.
0: Which is she part does. of the reason like what what makes it so easy to ship it. I mean, I I low key ship them like they're like an, an adjacent pairing for me i don't really go looking for content but i'm always happy when they show up somewhere as a pairing um but like just look at them in season one and tell me they are not in love like yeah yeah like you can't <laughs> that's the thing
1: i've written in the i've written in the script that i think like i appreciate them more than like actively ship them and like i have vided them before like because i came up with this like au that i thought was quite cool and i was like yeah like i'll do it but i feel like i like i can multi-ship but when i multi-ship it's mostly like for fun and games or like for an au purpose like i i can't like multi-ship seriously and like my otp for gwen like is lancelot but i really but i love their scenes and i think that like as like uh what's uh, um, as an accompanying like OTP to like Mertha, which is like my main OTP in the show. Like obviously they work really well and like yeah. they have a lot of cute moments in fix, like in a, uh, in coffee shop muffins, uh, Momo, like they're really, they're really cool in that one. But um yeah. So there, are, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't have any like strong feelings. It's weird. I mean, I don't know if this is better to bring this up here or if it's better to bring it up in the, in the actual bit about like what why we ship or not ship. But I had this conversation with you, Momo, that I find it a lot more difficult to ship fem slash pairings in anything than I do het or male male pairings and I think the reason for that is and I was trying to sit and think about it because I apart from Elphaba and Glinda from Wicked I do not have a single fem slash OTP in anything that I watch so I was like I really wonder why that is and I think the reason for that is that we're so used to seeing women showing affection for one another in a completely normal and healthy way like all the time in anything even in stuff that's set like hundreds of years ago because women have just always been allowed to show support for one another that i think i find it very difficult to kind of get vibes off of two women in a show like as romantic when they're just playing two best friends because when guys are playing best friends they're either really really no homo like super super no homo like just not even emotionally attached at all or they're they go down the route of like Merlin and Arthur best friends where it's just like you two are literally married. Like <laughs> you cannot. T- so like, and there is very little in between, like nowadays I think they're trying to do more things like that. But with women, there's so much more gray area as to like how women interact and like, you know, they say I love you and they'll hug and they'll touch. And it's like, it's it's a completely different dynamic with two women. So I find to like a fem slash pairing has to really like overwhelm me with chemistry and like gayness like to actually me go yeah I want them as a couple rather than just go oh they're such cute friends like unless they're actually together in the show and that's different but if it's like a non-canon one but what do you guys think about that do you ever have that like that thing like where you have less or more fem slash otps or things like that in your in your I, I, I have, have
3: awesome. a I have a whole lot of femme slash OTPs. Oh wow! I, think, uh, I mean, especially when I was just, just discovering my own queerness, uh, I, I I I think the main reason I hadn't had any femme slash uh, ships before was that there weren't many women in shows who had scenes together, or yeah. if, they, if you, even if they, there were women, they were portrayed as you know. Um, People did who hate each other or people who had no interaction with each other. But now I'm like, especially with Polo encouraging me, now I ship Freya and Vivian, even though they have absolutely no connection whatsoever.
2: <laughs> I think for me, it's partially because, like, again, since I was, it was when I was 11 till so like a month after I turned 19, or like days after I turned 19, that I like repressed being queer. So I think like, I ended up shipping more guys because I was, like – because, like, I was accept- – like, I grew up with Will and Grace. So, like, mm-hmm. I know gay guys, blah, 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 blah. I know – not just gay, but, like, pan and queer and buying blah, blah, blah. But, like, I'm more used to it. And I was also, like, really, really repressed. So I'm like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. And even when I, like, you know, finally accepted myself, I was still like, but I have a stronger preference for men And then it's like, no, I don't. I have a strong preference for women. I just happen (laughs) to end up with a guy. But, like, it's, yeah, like, it just, it took me, I think part of it was why I don't have so many is because I was repressing myself. And part of repressing myself was, like, being like, oh, yeah, just, you know, whatever. Seeing the guy ships is so much easier. And then, like, it was really, like, it was, like, uh, Merlin and Arthur that really got me to, like, learn to accept myself. Okay. And then I started looking into, like, femships in Doctor Who. <laughs> and that's what got me. And, um. then I, like, and then I, like, slowly leaked into, like, the Merlin femships. But I also, like, immediately right off really liked Gwen and Morgana. I just didn't look into ships because it's still that, like, sort of repress shame thing. Mm-hmm. I'm good now, though. But, like... Yeah, because I feel like that's sort of another thing, too, that a lot of people don't really think about. Like, you know, it's just easier to be like, oh, yeah, because I can't associate with, like, Marilyn and Arthur being um not straight because, I mean, I'm straight and, like, they're guys and I'm girls. So, like, it's totally whatever. But then you realize, oh, no, I was just projecting on them because it's easier for mm-hmm. me in some way. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So now I'm, like, trying to be like, okay... You're bi, you your preference for women—like you gotta stop letting it be all about the guys. Like, like we need more like fem- like femship, like fem slash femship. We need more of it. So I'm like slowly trying to like work my way into like what shows actually have pairings. And then yeah, like say like with Freya and Vivian, there's not many girls that are actually even like together enough to make a pairing. So it's just like those pairings yeah. that just like put everything
0: together. So let's talk a little bit about the negative aspects of this ship before we cheer ourselves up later with the, with the happy stuff. Is there anything you guys don't like about the ship? Either, like, can be anything from how they're portrayed in canon or what fandom is doing to them, you know?
3: No, sometimes uh, I think it's a bit destructive. Uh, sometimes they portray... Gwen, as the one who has who takes all the emotional weight that Morgana gets away with whatever, and Gwen just has to you know support Morgana and you know she does, she doesn't get anything in return i mean sometimes they're portrayed like that and 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 I really hate that
2: my thing is Dark tower episode where uh where you know like that was a good chance to be like you know. Because like they didn't really explain easily, but like when suddenly being like you know manipulated, but manipulated by uh, Morgana it was just like oh yeah she's under her control now, and like it wasn't really explained, and like they could have done a whole giant thing about like they could have done like a whole thing about like you know them not really reconnecting, but like that like the old feelings thing, and just I don't know, I feel like they could have made that episode really gay.
0: My thing is that, well, I have two things apart from Dark Tower, but, um, my first thing is that Morgana, at least the way I read her, especially in the, uh, first season, really trusts Gwen and has been shown to care a lot about her. Like, to the point where in season two, she bullies uh Walter well, tries to bully Arthur into rescuing Gwen from the bandits, not knowing that Arthur was going to do it anyway, but like she she is so adamant about having Gwen rescued because Gwen means so much to her.
3: She was willing to kill her own dad for Gwen in season one,
0: yeah, so yeah,
3: we know we know that Gwen uh, that Morgana
0: cares a lot about Gwen and trusts her. But Morgana does not tell Gwen about her magic. Like, she doesn't even once turn to Gwen for support in any of this. Like, you could argue, you could try to argue that Gwen has suffered because of magic, because she was accused of having magic and was almost executed. But the thing is, she brings up
2: later about, like, her dad. She she brings up again later on, like, you know, remember my dad? Like when she's trying to convince Morgana that she's on her side, she's like, remember, my father was executed, blah, 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 just for associating with magic. Like,
0: that would have been a really good reason for her to like, confide in. And I, I would have thought that Morgana would recognize this allyship in, in Gwen for herself. And then when Gwen, when Morgana discovers her own powers, I don't understand why she wouldn't have confided even her fears in Gwen. Like, even when she wasn't sure what was happening, why Morgana wouldn't talk to Gwen about what she's scared of, of finding out about herself, maybe, and what that would mean for herself and for her place in Camelot, or even for for her relationship with Gwen, you know? So I just, I, I just don't understand why, why she didn't, you know? So... And the other thing is, like, I still, like, I know that the way it was set up is that Morgana turns against Gwen in season three because she has this vision of Gwen becoming queen, which isn't what Morgana wants because Morgana wants to be queen herself.
2: Just let them both be queen together. Let them be gay.
0: Morgana is planning to kill Arthur anyway. Why would Gwen becoming a queen be a problem? If Arthur is dead, Gwen can't marry him. So Gwen can't become queen. And even if Arthur had married Gwen before before he became king...
2: Have Gwen marry
0: Arthur have her become queen, kill
2: Arthur, and then they become lesbian queen lovers, okay? (laughs) It would have been simple. It would
0: have been so simple, Morgana. She should have just tried to, like, I don't understand the logic there because her assumption has always been that she would kill Arthur before he becomes king. Like... I don't, I don't get what the problem is. Like in season three, even Uther was still alive, so there was no threat of Gwen becoming queen. Like the, like if anything, Morgana has sped this up by killing Uther because as long as Uther lived and was sane, there was no reason for Arthur to become king, and thus Gwen wouldn't have been queen. It's just the entire logic
3: is just flawed. I, I. Have- I actually have a headcanon about this and it probably should have been in in Morgana's character episode. Uh, But I think that uh, you remember how in Dark Tower, Morgana made, I mean, Morgana tortured Gwen. Not so that, uh, I mean, uh, she made, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, In the end, what happened was that Gwen was against everyone else except Morgana. So, uh, so I, if you look back at season three, that's exactly what happened to Morgana. She was against everyone else except Morgos. So, I have a theory that maybe Morgos used the same dark tower technique to brainwash Morgana so that, you know, suddenly she's like, she can't even trust Gwen, her most closest friend, I mean, she gets, I mean, she tries to get Gwen killed in Season 3, and she tries to get innocent people killed, you know, and all that can't, can't happen just because of something Morgos said. She can't just, you know, say, Uta, like to you, uh, we can bring magic back. And all that can't just, you know, change all the goodness that was shown in Morgana in season one. So some some amount of spell work or torture similar to what happened in Dark Tower might have gone on. That
0: is great. I will accept this headcanon because that makes more sense than anything else the show has tried to do as explanation. I mean, I mean, Morgana has been away for a year. Plenty of time for Muggos to do that.
3: I'm on board with this headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> I think the basis of the dark tower is, uh, not, I mean, it's, it's, it's putting your trust all in just one person. It's, it, it's, you know, it's a Stockholm syndrome, but magically.
2: Maybe one of the things she saw was uh, Morgana dying, and she remembered that she loved her i don't know maybe like one of the last th- like one of the things she saw was like Morgana confessing her death and that confessing her death <laughs>
1: confessing her love and then dying i've got like a couple of um like little things that kind of irked me about the way that they wrote them I think like the first one um was uh in the last dragon Lord so like when So, when Gwen was kidnapped in Lancelot and Guinevere, like, Morgana was so, like, adamant to get her back. Like, she, like, stood up for her in the council chambers. She yelled at Uther. She yelled at Arthur. Like, she did everything apart from, you know, actually just going there herself. But she did everything to get her back and was so worried. And, you know, you can see when they get back to Camelot how she's not stopped thinking about it, you know, all this time. And... Um, you know, when Morgana is kidnapped by Morgos, and I know that there's a lot going on, like, in Camelot, like, with the dragon destroying everything and stuff, but we see Gwen up on the, up on, I don't know, on the battlements, or whatever it is, and Gaius comes up to her and he says, oh, are you missing Morgana? And she gives him this little, like, half smile, you know, just to kind of appease him. And we as an audience member and especially with the conversation that follows know that she's not stressed or worried about what's going on in Camelot. She's thinking about Arthur. Oh. So it's like, um, that's just really shitty because it's like <laughs> yeah. she's meant to be like your best friend in the whole world and. Like the way she behaved when you were gone, and like you know you have no idea what what Morgos is doing to her or what is happening, or even where she is, like at least Morgana like you know knew where like sort of where Gwen was, which was you know at least something, so she knew she was you know who she was with and you know where Arthur could go to get her like Gwen has no idea where Morgana is and she doesn't seem to give a shit all she's thinking about is oh boohoo I can't be with Arthur my life sucks and I'm just like don't do that like don't don't ever do that again <laughs> like it's just <laughs> but I think that's my biggest thing like Gwen and Morgana season one and two have a very like cohesive like, narrative in terms of, like, their chemistry. Like, they're very much the same, like, in season one and in season two. They're, like, a support system for each other, and they're very much, like, equals. And there isn't really much difference in their dynamic, I would say, like, in those two seasons. And then season three happens, and obviously, like, Gwen still really much cares about Morgana and stuff, and they have, like, those weird moments where you have the, um, you know, Morgana slowly turning on Gwen. But I feel like Morgana's relationship with Gwen is the least consistent for me between like her being evil and her not being evil. Because if you look at her relationship with Merlin, like you, they are still connected throughout all of this. Like when when Morgana comes back, like they have so many scenes together and they have so much like going on that like you never forget that they were like really close and you never like forget the importance of like what like you know of their involvement in each other's lives that led up to that point and especially then when Merlin ends up killing her like you you get the gravity of that moment because they've been linked through all this time I'm genuinely serious now when I say that when Gwen and Morgana had that um fight um in Sword in the Stone part two like the sword fight and she Mm -hmm. said something about them being friends once because of the way that it's been written and how Gwen rarely even brings up Morgana like I genuinely forgot that they were friends and that they were close because I was like, and I think a lot of that has to do with how they changed Gwen as a character and made her like a bit like, like way more like we, we discussed this in the Gwen episode, but like how she became a bit more serious, a bit more like, Oh, I'm going to be the future queen now, so I have to be like, you know, she started speaking differently and dressing differently. And I think that definitely, like, and like, and obviously Morgana was dressing differently and, you know, and like acting differently too. But like, I just completely forgot that they had any, like, love for each other at all. Because even in season three, like, Gwen doesn't look upset when Morgana, like, when she sees that Morgana is who she is, which is just like, awful and like is doing awful things she just doesn't really seem but like she's like oh guys I don't feel like she she means well to to any of us anymore I'm like that's it not I thought she was my best friend not she's betrayed me personally not I thought I could trust her like that's what you've got to say about that and I feel like that did, like that was the biggest flaw I think for the writing for them was just like I just felt as if they built this really strong bond over seasons one and two by season three and onwards i just felt like Gwen didn't and, and like she just didn't seem to grieve the loss of that relationship the way i would have wanted her to and then by that extension i just completely forgot that they were even close because it's like well you've not even talked about her in like a season you know mm-hmm. so
3: and even now uh, i during the sword sword fight uh, when Gwen asked morgana why do you hate me so much and Morgana just says it's not you. It's what you are destined to become. Mm. So it's it's like it's a it's it's a disconnect between their relationship. It it uh I can't find the word again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean it. They they have a close relationship and it completely ignores all that just because Morgana had a vision. She's gonna hate Gwen.
1: Mm. Exactly. I feel like the. The writers in season one and two for Morgana and Gwen, and this I think is probably more to do with the way that the like Merlin treats women, not Merlin the character. I mean Merlin the show. Um,
0: yeah.
2: it's like he doesn't treat women. He doesn't know how to treat anyone. No, because
1: he's too busy learning how to treat men with respect. <laughs> um, but I digress. Uh, he, like I feel like they they did such a good job of going down the road of what the show was supposed to originally be which was a before they were famous story so even though we get the little fun easter eggs of oh who'd want to marry arthur and oh i'm guinevere and this is morgana and morgana has nightmares like they are very much morgana the character from merlin and gwen the character from merlin not guinevere future queen and not morgana future evil sorceress they are very much allowed just to be themselves as these characters which are written and directed and acted to flesh them out you know and by season three which the catalyst of which is obviously morgana turning evil i feel like the writers and then by extension the characters start seeing each other as these archetypes of what the legends want them to be and li- like mm-hmm. it in in literal way so Morgana literally only sees Gwen as this queen Gwen only now sees Morgana as this evil sorceress and I feel like for me that basically like has severed the characters and the relationship from what it was in season one as far as I'm concerned when Morgana comes back in season three her and Gwen are basically meeting as complete strangers and that's why I don't feel that pang of like pain when they're fighting and she's like what did i ever do to you because for me they're not the same people and they're not the same relationship because they just like haven't seen each other that way because that's you know they've been written so badly like up until that like you know through all the through all the all the transformations that morgana has been going through like they haven't given them that room to grieve over like what they've lost and i'm just like that's stupid <laughs>
3: i, I think if we took just- this
2: I think if we took this in, like, a super serious way, we can make it, like... Cause it's sort of like I saw, it like... And when she came back in Season 3, that's like... after It's like after when someone goes to war and they come back and they've come back like a complete new person, or... It's like after... It's like after going to a conversion camp, or, like, it's after going, like... Having, like... Your life completely flip upside down and you end up in a mental hospital, recover, and then come back, except, like that, like, you haven't, or that something's gotten worse, like, it's... It's it's. It's kind of like she actually did come back as a completely different person. It's like when people... Like, I know a lot of people have a headcanon that, like, Margo's, uh, you know, like, Margo's did something to her, or, like, ma- like, uh, manipulated her, or, you know, like, either stockholmed, or not mind control, but, uh, had, like, some sort of spell over her, so she was constantly supposed to be, you know, like, under her control, and then, like, when she died, like, I, like, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that AU, but I have an AU for, or a headcanon, but I have a headcanon for that headcanon, <laughs> where, like, if that did happen, that by the time that Margot died, Bergana was so empty, that, because she had, like, nothing else, she literally had no one, and she had nothing else, because, like, her head was completely empty at that point, that's why she just, like, Went completely mindless and just lost all sense of everything and just, especially became so irrational and it was just like, oh, I only know this one, this one goal in mind was the one thing that I had in mind when I had more goes controlling my head and like it, it, now it's completely empty. There's nothing else. So I might as well just keep going for it. And that's what made her so irrational. Yeah, it like, doesn't make sense. That's made her like, so she's, she's not even a person anymore. She's just an empty shell. And like that. It's not something that, like, you can come back from, not even, like, because not love, because
1: not even love can fix everything. Yeah. But I don't feel that disconnect between her, like, and I don't ship Merlin and Morgana, but just, like, narratively. Oh, I do. I, oh, like, <laughs> like, I don't feel that disconnect between them, but I think part of that has a lot to do with Merlin suspecting who she is long before Gwen. Like, Gwen never really gets to suspect. Like, she Well, she would if the episodes had been aired in the order they were written, (laughs) but she doesn't get to suspect. All she does is stumble across information. And Merlin obviously has a much shadier journey with Morgana because they they're friends, but like they already start having problems like by the end of season one, because he sees what she's capable of with like killing Uther. And then obviously season two, things start getting really bad. Gwen doesn't have that. So there Gwen, like her and Gwen's relationship is like, I don't want to like, I'm not like, I'm not saying built on lies in like a bad way, but I'm saying it's not built on the truth because Gwen has no idea what Morgana is going through. And Gwen has no idea who Morgana really is. And by the time she does, she doesn't know who she is anymore. So I feel like that I think was a, Bit of it. I mean, I don't know how else they could have done it because, like, you know, otherwise all all the storylines would have been the same. And like, you know, you had to do it somehow. But that's why I think I don't feel as much of a disconnect with the journey that Merlin and Morgana took, and why, like, I still feel that they have known each other all this time and that they were once friends, like by the very end. Whereas with Morgana and Gwen, I literally feel like they are just like Gwen is in the tent, you know. tending to the wounded at the battle of Camelon and Morgana is across the other end of God knows where doing something else. And I don't feel any connection between them as characters, even though they're part of the main four. Whereas I feel Morgana's connection with Arthur, obviously, you know, because they're actually fighting. I feel it with Merlin because they're enemies. I never feel it when, and it just feels like they could, yeah, like they completely forgot to follow that thread of them being a thing. Like, before and I and and yeah it is such a shame because obviously like you said Momo they they were a really big support system to each other if anything I know that Arthur is like her brother and stuff but he he didn't really like you know he's like oh she's always been like a sister to me well that's not true because you definitely wanted to bone so it's like don't but it's <laughs> like like that is like actual <laughs> bullshit but like I feel like Gwen had more reason than any of the other uh uh any of the boys like to mourn that change more than Arthur in a way. And it's like a bit like it, it, it makes no sense that that didn't happen. <laughs> like, why didn't that happen? <laughs> Anyone got an answer?
3: I, I think they didn't write Gwen that well, because not only uh, don't they explore the relationship of Gwen with Morgana during the later years, you see the disconnect between Gwen and Merlin's friendship as well. She doesn't seem to care enough about Merlin in the last season. Especially when she's under Morgana's influence and she just condemns, uh, I mean, she just says, Poison the king. And, you know, everyone believes her. and you know, I think in it, the
2: episode it, where Gwen is taken and Morgana's like, oh, we have to go save her, blah, blah, blah. And then they make the whole episode about Arthur and Gwen. I think they could have just made that whole episode about Gwen and Morgana and then they could have just been lovers the entire time and then it just yeah. would have been a lot happier the show yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that wouldn't but then, you know, then where would the drama be yeah. Yeah.
1: but I, yeah, it's just like I think, but I think that you're right, like uh, Cindy, like, and I didn't even think about that until you just said it, that they really did kind of sever Gwen's, c- and like this really isn't me trying to shit on Arwen. like I'm really not trying to do this here, but like they really did sever gwen's connection to any of the other characters apart from arthur like towards the very end like she like he's the only one that she really seems to give a shit about and that started like in season two and it's like man like like i said she literally doesn't care that morgana is gone or if she does she doesn't talk about it all she like she's the one that brings up arthur to gaius like even her relationship with gaius is like less and less important as time goes, on, I mean, Gaius' role as time goes on in the show gets lessened anyway, but, like, you know, he still has that connection with Merlin, like, they still have scenes together, like, G- Gwen and Gaius had a lot of scenes together in the early seasons, and by the end, like, yeah, she is just literally, like, resigned to, like, Arthur's wife, and even though she gets stuff to do in season five, and she has, and Angel has a lot of exciting things to, to do, like, in terms of acting and playing evil Gwen and all the rest of it, but, like, she's just not... Yeah, she just doesn't seem to have those... Yeah, like, now that she's queen, it, it it feels like she is a very different character. Like, even though you can still see it's the same Gwen, I think she's gone on such a transformation that she's barely recognizable as the Gwen from, like, The, the Dragon's Call. And it's such a shame, because even though I do... I, I do know that, she, like, she had to change, and obviously it's a shame that we... But, I mean, I think you'll agree with me, guys, that obviously the it wasn't helpful that the time in which she probably changed the most was the three years that we never got to see. And I've complained about that all the time. Like maybe that would have helped maybe sit because obviously we see, we see her genuinely moved by what Morgana has to say when she says how she was treated and tortured and stuff. So we do see that there's something there behind her eyes, but I'm just like, I don't know. I, It's just, yeah, it, it is almost like they had this relationship. They had no idea what to, what to do to break it, similarly to how it was with Arthur and Morgana, coincidentally. Like they had nothing that they could break it with because there was nothing that they needed to fall out over. So they just kind of left it on the shelf and forgot to pick it back up again. And then we as an, as an audience kind of slowly forgot that they were ever really a thing. So it's just kind of, I mean, it's a shame. Like I just wish that they'd have. Given them more to do and I'm not even a shipper but I feel like that would have been awesome like just yeah um or yeah lesbian lover day for the Lansom for visual sure. <laughs> I think lover. that's why I like
3: fanfics uh especially canon maybe you fanfics of uh, Morgana's redemption arc and uh, and Morgana redeems mainly because of Quim more than anyone else yeah. I like reading fanfics like that have you I guys? Like... Oh, sorry, pa- sorry. Go ahead. I like
2: Polly, Gwen, with Lancelot and Morgana. Or just put them like all three together. There you go. That settles everything. And Gwen is like extra happy. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure I once listened to a pod fig that was Morgana centric, and she was with she was with Gwen, and then Lancelot also showed up, and then they were all in a three way relationship. I will have to find that again because I've been thinking about it occasionally.
2: See that also promotes by Gwen and Morgana, or at least just by Gwen. Like there you go, it's all, everyone's all happy.
1: Gwen and theory would have to be by if the canon is to be believed, which is that you know she did. Lo- well, she's she's been in love slash interested in three of the guys on the show, and then if, <laughs> uh, and then Morgana. You know, so have you guys seen that gift set on Tumblr? It doesn't like it doesn't necessarily promote Polly Gwen like with um Lancelot and Morgana but it could do like in this context they and I never noticed this until I actually saw it and reblogged it that in Lancelot and Guinevere obviously you've got the thing where um uh Gwen gets like hurt and she goes go Morgana and Morgana's like I'm not leaving you behind and she's like you have to go get help and then Gwen, like stays and like you know um cuts that that guy's shins off or something and then Morgana has that shot where she turns around and she's like and she nearly and she nearly goes back but then she keeps running and then it's like reenacted like almost shot for shot with like Lancelot and Gwen's like final kiss like farewell where uh where she's like I'm not leaving you and he's like you must and she says no and then they kiss and then she runs off and then he stays to fight the guards Mm -hmm. and then she hears like someone being stabbed and she stops and turns around so it kind of like puts them both in the same bracket of like romantic like scenes and it's quite yeah that would be quite a cool idea actually like a poly thing i never thought of that
2: it would have been so perfect and it would have made so much sense and i love it's really rare for a fic to do that but it's just it's so good because it would have been so much easier also everyone would have been alive yeah this that is so much
1: better you i can make it work I in
2: canon and in
1: modern that is true. Like, cause I, I always have a thing where I don't know what to do with Morgana in like a romantic sense. Because I don't really ship. her. With, I mean, no, like that, that is a lie. I ship her with Arthur. Like, or I did like when I was shipping Arthur and Morgana and Merlin and Gwen in season one. And then I realized I was horrific Mirtha trash, and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's that's happening but like I actually I think if I was to do a poly thing it would be like Arthur Morgana Merlin but then like Arthur Morgana ended up being related and I was like well that's now problematic and I'm like you know <laughs> <laughs> incest is problematic apparently <laughs> um I don't support incest guys it's fine <laughs> Wait there's a there's like an ongoing joke on this podcast where Momo likes to make out that I apparently support incest <laughs> like she, oh god
2: Or, or, actually, another poly relationship that would be really cute is Gwen, Morgana, Leon, and Lancelot, because I can really see Leon with Gwen, but I can also really see Leon with Morgana, because he, like, I can see her challenging her a lot and stuff. Plus, Lancelot, I'm, like, thinking the, like, keeping up with the Pendragons thing now, like,
3: (laughs) 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 I think Katie mentioned in an interview that Gwen gets to kill almost all the men in Merlin.
1: Yeah, she's very jealous of that. I think, yeah, I, and then she was yeah. like, where, where are
2: the boys? Why, why doesn't Morgana get any boys? And like, my first thought was, because you're a lesbian.
1: But
3: <laughs> Mag- Morgana has chemistry with everyone, but she's the only one who doesn't have a romantic storyline.
1: Yeah kind of she has like a couple of weird ones but like well she I mean she is like, the true bicon
2: and she gets nothing
1: well she was set up <laughs> but, but like this is the thing like I always say like oh Morgana never heard a story like, but then I forget like well that to, even though it was never seen to fruition like her like the the big love story setup of season one was Arthur Morgana so like she did have it it's just they never went anywhere with it because they forgot that they wrote that so it's like that's not gonna happen but I think Katie's jealousy towards Angel kissing all the guys is less about her wanting to kiss everyone and more to the fact that she had a huge crush on Colin Morgan that everyone could see and she just wanted to get to kiss him because she was constantly like Lobbying at conventions for oh well what if Morgana and Merlin get together like in the legends and like Katie like you are more obvious than I am when I'm crushing on someone and that is saying something. <laughs> Just stop or ask him out. Put us all out of my misery. Oh god.
0: Let's talk some more about what we like about the about the ship. I mean we we already mentioned a couple of things but maybe you guys want to point something out specifically that makes you just go really...
2: Aww. God, in the beginning, they would have been so soft and flowery. Like, you remember... Yeah. Um, what was it? The Chris and way like, you know, when they were running out of food, and then Morgana and Gwen snuck out with, like, bread that they, like, gave out. Like, they would have been, like... They could have been so cute and flowery and, and soft and taking altruistic. care of everyone. And honestly, they could have, they could have, they should have been the ones in charge of the entire kingdom. And, like, yeah. you know, sure, like, Arthur gets, like, the king title and gets all that, he gets all the, pretty much, like, in, in canon, he could have just, not like, in Arthurian legend, he goes out and about and does everything out and about. And then, you know, not, like, the whole, like, oh, the wife stays home thing, but, like, yeah, they actually stay there and they actually take care of the real shit. <laughs> Prime like, yeah, Mugana. the boys can go out and take care of, like... <laughs> Their masculinity and like, you know, <laughs> measuring themselves off against everyone else, having a giant fucking kingdom-wide pissing contest, and we're gonna <laughs> and I will be here and actually take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it just would have been so good. But like, you know, the BBC has to have drama. So no, instead of having like, like that's a show I would have watched.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. a lot of, there was a lot of talk like when when the when the show came back off of hiatus off, like for season five and we got the first episode in which, like, so you know how obviously, like, people are scheming against Arthur and Camelot all the time and the only person that ever actually finds people out is Merlin with Gaius's help and, like, mostly through magic. And, like, in the first episode that Gwen, like, that we see Gwen as queen, like, she figures out who's actually writing them out and, like, without any help from anyone else. And I remember everyone on Tumblr just being, like, oh Arthur honey why don't you just go off and spend your time <laughs> making love for Merlin which is basically what you do with your time anyway and Gwen can take care of everything else because yeah. like you clearly don't like you know she's so much more efficient than you are we talked about
0: this with May I think May mentioned this in the Arwen episode how Gwen once she becomes a villain because of the brainwashing. She's actually the best villain of the entire show because she's efficient and she gets, like, almost gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. And even has, like, escape plans and and contingency plans to make sure that she isn't the one who goes down for it if if the plot goes wrong. And, like, it's true. Gwen is just the smartest in the entire bunch. She should have been in charge.
2: Morgana should have seen the vision of guinevere as queen and then like yeah that is my girl i'm gonna help her get there and then i'm gonna bone her like <laughs> and tell her totally. how proud i am and tell her how proud of her i am and how much i love her while my half brother and his idiot servant just go the fuck off and do whatever while we actually take care of shit like you go know she should have seen that vision should have seen that vision and been like yes we're gonna get there
0: and then I'm gonna get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're going to get there and then
1: I'm going to get her like <laughs> yeah. They are like the epitome of the co- like if you have like a sitcommy relationship like thing like Merlin and Arthur and we're going to and going to like the epitome of like Merlin and Arthur are the couple that is like on and off and like drama <laughs> and just like, you know, epic like kind of sort of like sweeping statements of love and all this drama and then Morgana and Gwen are like their best friend kind of couple that has just like got their shit together and it's like and it's like side-eyeing them all the time and like you know that Morgana and Gwen got together before they did in like a modern kind of setting and basically like in coffee shop muffins where they're basically just sitting there and being like get your shit together you know that you love each other (laughs) and they're that kind of couple like they don't have any big problems in their relationship apart from you know Stockholm syndrome but you know that's just due to bad writing and it's just like they just kind of you're like yeah they're just an efficient couple that just get stuff done and they don't really have any issues
3: <laughs> i think in comparison with murder especially is that it, and Martha they bounce off each other they you know uh, they challenge each other and that's what works best for them but while in uh well, with morgana and gwen they fit together rather than bouncing off each other hmm so, it's, you know, it's more like a sponge, so they sort of observe each other and be there for each other, be, you know, more
2: supportive. supportive. girlfriends.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the
2: ultimate yeah. supportive girlfriends that you want to ship.
3: <laughs> yeah, and while Arthur and like, they're just insulting each other and they they still love each other, but they get show their love through insults and Morgana are going more like, you know, soft and.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, because they, they don't ever have an argument on the show, like when they're, you know, like when Morgana's not evil, right? Yeah. They don't ever really. I don't think they. No, I don't think they do. They would yeah.
2: have had such a healthy relationship, such a loving yeah. relationship, and then, and then we let the, the fucking writers in.
0: <laughs> we could have had it all. Who invited the writers to the table? They should have let the fans write the show, honestly.
1: There would be so much more sex, so much less like crappy CGI.
3: aren't they yeah. could have just let Katie write the show. <laughs> honestly. I just wanna
0: say something in defense of the writers because it's something I saw on Twitter recently, a thread Um from a, from a show, writer, And I mean, I don't know, you know, how it is in the UK and how it was, like, ten years ago. But, like, I don't want to blame... Like, it's easy to blame the writers because they're the ones who actually wrote it down. But... And, I mean, I think we all agree that when we say we blame the writers or the writers fucked up that we don't necessarily mean just the writers, but also the people who like, the producers and the people who make the decisions about what's happening, because the actual writers rarely have that much, um, like, influence in what the plot is actually going to do. So, the writers will have probably a little influence in uh, characterization just by how they write a the character, but... Overall plot decisions is probably not, not just their fault. So I just want to clarify at this point. Oh, for sure. Been, yeah. But since we've been haranguing the writers basically every episode of this podcast, <laughs> that when I say the writers fucked up, I don't necessarily mean just the writers or even the writers at all i mean the people who made the decision oh yeah
1: absolutely like that led
0: to what we have now so i just want to put this out there in case anyone who's actually involved in show writing of any kind uh, or who has also seen this twitter thread um gets any doubts when i say writers i mean people who made the decision to make this canon i mean
1: johnny caps and julian murphy they're the ones i have issues with <laughs> like they're the ones that genuinely come up with things in interviews that make me so angry like that that like think that that think the decisions they made were good decisions and that's what makes me angry like obviously the writers kind of more or less get told what to do and they make the best with what they can but yeah it's just like it's that it's it is the the actual producers you're right my mind I think the one thing I find very strange though because I mean I know that obviously like I've said before female relationships are just different even if they're in a historical context but you guys will see this as like a theme with me I do like to like see a little kind of historical continuity in the stuff I watch if it's meant to be set in the past and like obviously Merlin and Arthur have like the massive chip on their shoulder of like the class difference and class is one of the hidden themes of (laughs) Merlin and it's like Morgana and Gwen don't have that which for me is just a little bit unrealistic like even though like it's obviously well known that like queens and like noble women would have had really close bonds with their female servants for a multitude of reasons especially if they needed to hide something like from their male counterparts it's like i just feel like there's just a little bit too much familiarity and i'm surprised that like uther for example never called her out on it that like oh she lets gwen speak to her however she wants and like and like, I don't know if he just doesn't care or if like we're not expected to care as an audience because it's like they're not main characters at this point. But I just find it a little bit like I would have liked maybe a tiny bit of drama with that. Like maybe a tiny bit of like Morgana being reprimanded by Uther for like letting Gwen do whatever she wants and like speak to her however she wants. I don't know.
3: I think there was a Tumblr post where, you know, it says that Gwen literally sits next to Morgana during tournaments, which is like two seats from the king himself. And that's a huge Honor. I mean, she's just a servant, and how does she get a seat, two seats, from the king?
0: I never even realized that, but you're right. Yeah.
3: I mean, what I just uh, also noticed while
0: uh, Roxanne was talking about that is um, that Arthur clearly has other people on the same level as him. Like the knights are on the same or almost the same level as Arthur as far as cloth and status. Go, but Morgana. I mean, there are other noble women in Camelot. We have seen them occasionally in the background. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. like, uh, like even in the very first episode, when when they're all listening to Lady Helen, who is not actually Lady Helen, sing. You know, there are other noble women there, and then occasionally you see them again throughout. But Morgana clearly doesn't have any sort of bond or friendship or or even connections in Camelot with other women of her station for some reason which means that Gwen really is the only other woman she connects to and I I wonder if it's if the 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 reason why Gwen is regarded so highly and and is allowed to sit so close to the king and to speak to Morgana the way she does and how Uther only rarely calls Morgana out on Gwen is only a servant Um, is because Gwen is the only woman in Camelot that Morgana talks to and Uther maybe feels bad for Morgana not having any other female person to talk to since Morgana already lost her mother and, you know, so but then again, there are other noble women in Camelot, so why isn't Uther pressuring Morgana to talk to them more?
2: It's almost like Gwen's actually the only other woman in all of Camelot, or, like, Uther just doesn't know anything about women, and just seems (laughs)
1: completely indifferent. He just doesn't know what to do with women, so he just lets them go. Like, the only, like, explanation for why Uther just doesn't really seem to care about Morgana and Gwen's clearly close relationship is, like... Stopped giving a fuck about women after his wife died. He's like, well, my wife
2: died, I don't care about any other anymore. But also,
1: I feel like it could be to do with the fact that, you know... At the, although this is really silly because obviously he knows that Morgana is his daughter. Well, you know, hang on. Let me make something very clear. In you know, textually he knows that Morgana is his daughter, but in terms of the like. He doesn't technically know because the writers didn't know in season one and two. So he doesn't know that Vulcan is his daughter. But if he did, you know, then in theory that should put her on the same level as Arthur in terms of like, if Arthur dies, you know, she is technically next in line for the throne. And so he should care what she gets up to. But if, you know, for some reason we take that away, I guess, you know, his, his thing with like Arthur and Merlin, you know, like he, because he is quite vicious to Arthur, like, when arthur you know like when arthur wants to go and save merlin's life in poison chalice he you know locks him up and he's like you know you're not going you know he uh, and and it's it, it's like a whole plot point like a really climactic like thing like arthur like going against his father's wishes, but when Gwen's kidnapped and Morgana wants to to do the same, he just is a bit more like he's pandering to her. He's like, look, I can't, like you know, sorry, Han, like I can't do it, blah blah blah, like I can't go get your friend and everything, and he just doesn't really seem to be as upset that she would be willing to like make a scene like that in front of everyone, and then like it's not even seen as like a big deal when Arthur goes to get her. So I'm just kind of like, I, I no, mean. But- yeah. But he
3: in in season one he does do that. I mean, she makes a scene and she, he throws her in the dungeon. He almost chokes her. Yeah, that is it,
1: true. Yeah that
0: is,
3: yeah,
0: that is true. But when was this? Is that really season one when he throws her in the
3: dungeon? Yeah, season. No, that was as, about, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that was about Guinevere's
2: father. Yeah, yeah. He tried was to get before, him to escape. That was yeah. About, yeah. yeah, that was about
1: Guinevere's father.
2: And then remember yeah, before season Gwen sees it, king. and she's yeah. like, "You shouldn't have done that for me."
1: Bah, 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 bah. but yeah. that's to do with the fact that like she sided with someone that was suspected of using magic and humiliated him and like that was obviously like a really big deal it was less to do with like oh okay. i'm Gwen. it wasn't so
0: much about gwen yeah, yeah. I agree.
1: even though like her motives were for gwen and and also because she wanted to, to to do the right thing but like if if that had been the case and uther would have thrown her in the dungeons for like you know, standing up for Gwen when she was put on trial for magic the first time, like in Mark of Nimue, and he just mm. he just doesn't seem to care. Like maybe, yeah, maybe because he just doesn't see Gwen as a threat, and maybe like Merlin, he's like, wow, like he's actually got a big influence on my son's life. I need to <laughs> I need to keep an eye on. Swan. <laughs> Hashtag destined, you know, like oh dear. Yeah. But yeah, Gwen just doesn't seem to be on Uther's radar. Like he barely seems to know who she is. I'm like why
3: this doesn't make any sense and suddenly in season 3 you have Gwen taking care of Uther yeah (laughs) well she does it for Arthur
0: clearly aww
1: OTP (laughs) I think
2: it's also because like obviously Morgana's quite vicious so he's just like here's this one woman who keeps my daughter from killing people (laughs) <laughs> so i'm just going to accept whatever happens
3: <laughs> and it is. Up. <laughs> yeah and that makes a lot of sense actually
1: yeah it's like the trope of the relationship where one person is just like really like damaged and angry and aggressive and the other person is like the only like it's like they're like the pure influence that is the only thing that can calm that person down that is like the that that is kind of the trope for their relationship
0: and i think on that note we're going to end the first part of this ship episode this is a theme emerging where we always have to split the shipping episodes into two because clearly even when we don't actively ship it (laughs) <laughs> we still don't have any chill <laughs> Excuse
2: you, I actively ship it
0: Sorry, yes, by we I mean Roxanna and myself <laughs> Which is why We invite guests And then of course uh, This whole thing just gets long again Which is good because it's great to Hear from people who are really involved In a, in a pairing So at this stage We're gonna close out This first part and we'll be back In a week for the second part, when we talk more about the fandom side of things. So thank you for listening to this episode of Merliss, and I have
1: been Tastic And I'm a snow fox.
0: And our guests were...
1: Lulu. And... Sindhu. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and make sure that you tune in next time for the second part of this episode.
2: Bye. Bye!